Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. We are supported financially by HaribouBooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome to the Express Church Experience. Coming to you for 30 minutes of encouragement and God's holy word. Coming from Blue Exit Audio. I'm hoping that you uh, enjoy this message. If you're driving in your car, drive safely. Listen to the message. Uh, If you're at your home, whatever time you decide to listen to the Express Church Experience, we're just so happy that you decided to join us. We always ask that if you enjoy the message, please share with others. Uh, We just want to get as much of the word out to as many people as possible. Uh, We we need to have people share if they like it. Also, uh, subscribe to uh, this YouTube channel. Subscribe to Apple Podcast at the Express Church uh, Experience so that you can hear the message. And we always ask that you keep this ministry, Express Church Experience, this ministry, Arizona Message Ministry, the broader ministry, uh, Jeff and, and Blue Exit Audio and his family in your prayers. He's, can, we continue, he continues to open up the studio, and we're just so glad that uh, he's d- taken on that opportunity, and we just hope that God continues to bless him for his faithfulness. The sermon today is being Tabitha Gazelle, being Tabitha Gazelle. And I want to, when I was looking at this lady named Tabitha Gazelle, it made me have to examine my life. It made me have to look at my relationship with God. It looked at me examine what I really believe and how I really act in my walk in faith. And it required me to look at how I'm representing God and exercising my faith and putting it into action and how people who see me and what do they see when they look at me. The story and be of how we can be Tabitha Gazelle. And if somebody's wondering who this Tabitha Gazelle is, her story is in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, I always call it the book of actions, not the book of Acts, because the uh, uh, Acts is always about the action of people who were followers of Jesus. And so we're in Acts chapter 9, verse 36. And Acts chapter 9, verse 36 says, In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translates into Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. Always doing good and helping the poor. The Bible gives us a great definition of who Tabitha Gazelle was, but what's interesting is what it doesn't say uh, that may help us understand who she is. The Bible doesn't say whether she was married. Usually when when they talk about somebody, they say the wife of somebody. Tabitha Gazelle stood on her own. It It doesn't say whether or not she was poor, wealthy, of middle modest means. 
It doesn't say whether she was young or old. It doesn't say about her genealogical lineage, even though if you start looking at how people are described in the Bible, there's an entire book uh, called Chronicles that chronicles the lineage of people. It doesn't talk about whether or not she had children or grandchildren. What it does say is that Tabitha, a disciple, was always doing good and helping the poor, being Tabitha Gazelle. The first thing it says about her is that she was a disciple. So I wanted to go in and look and, and research what does that mean? And in Matthew chapter 12, 47 to 50, Matthew chapter 12, 47 to 50, Jesus describes his disciples this way. Somebody told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And Jesus replied to them and he said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? He's pointing to his disciples. He's pointing to his disciples and he said, here are my mother, my brother, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Jesus described his disciples, and we all know that Tabitha Gazelle was a disciple. Jesus described his disciples as his mother and his brother and his sister. He described his disciple as anybody who's willing to do the will of God. And so as a disciple, Tabitha Gazelle was a sister in Christ and a person who was willing to do the will of God. And when I read that, I asked myself and did an inventory and I said, when I have my time to come up and when people are doing an inventory of my life, I want them to say, here lies a man who did the will of God. I'm hoping that each one of you, when you when people look at you, they say there is a brother or there is a sister in Christ because they do the will of God. Tabitha Gazelle in Acts chapter nine was defined that way. And then somebody wanted to know when I was talking, what does the will of God mean? What does the will of God mean? And the will of God to me starts with a commitment to have a personal relationship with God. You have to have a commitment to have a personal relationship with God. You have to have faith in an understanding that the maker of the universe, the one who was before time, the one who will be after time, the alpha and the omega, the first and last, the one who's all knowing, all powerful, all loving, the one who, know, who knows what's best for you. You have to have that faith. You have to have faith that it is God who wants to, you, to bring you closer to him. It's God that wants you to be closer to the gifts that, and the grace that he has. It's the, you have to have faith that God knows the troubles that you uh, are facing, the troubles that you will continue to face, the persecution you might face when you live a life for Christ, the sacrifices that come from living a life for Christ. You have to uh, understand 
that everything that you're doing, you're doing for the for God's good and God's glory. You have to understand that your peace that will come to you in any circumstance and the blessings that will flow from you. You have to understand in order to do the will of God that that all you can do all things. That's the will of God. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The will of God is is identified individually. Some people, the will of God is to run into burning buildings and pull out uh, people who are stuck. The will of God for some people is to be a teacher and to educate. Uh, the Bible talks about spiritual gifts. What is your gift? Some people's uh, spiritual gift is to sing psalms and to play instruments and to bring God glory through that way. I was fortunate enough that God gave me the skill of what it was called oratory skills. I could I use those skills to bring the will of God to help people who are in trouble, help people who are distressed. Nobody I talk to people who come into my law office during the week uh, and I say, I hope to never see you again, because if I see you, then that means you're in trouble again. But I always invite people, come to my office anytime you want. My place is your place. Just come in and say, Zachary, life is going really good. I'm glad what you did for me. But I don't, but I don't ever really ever remember anybody actually just walking into my office and knocking on and say, hey, you represented me two or three years ago and, and my life is better because I met you. But I know it is because people send other people to us. So the will of God is, is listening and hearing Jesus's words that recorded in John 15, 14 to 17. How do you do the will of God? You have to understand Jesus's perspective on you. Jesus's perspective is you are my friends. If you do what I command, the will of God is being a friend of Jesus and doing what he commands. Jesus told his disciples, oh, we're back to the word disciples, the, the, my brother's sister and mother, because they're will, doing the will of God, doing what I command. Jesus said, I no longer call you servant because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends for everything I learned from my father I have made known, made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you and, and appointed you to go out and bear fruit and fruit that's that will last. The will of God is to be bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. How you do that in the specifics is unique to each person because each person has a unique personal relationship with God. But it all surrounds the command that Jesus gave as was recorded in John 15, 14 to 17. The command is this, love one another. So if the will of God is simply to use the gifts that God has given you to share the love that God has for you with somebody else who, who needs help with the gift that you have so that you can share God's love with them and that they can share God's love with you. The description of Tabitha Gazelle was that she was a disciple, a sister of Jesus, a friend of Jesus. And they also talk about her name 
also Dorcas, which also Tabitha, is defined as being a gazelle. And being a gazelle, she had to, it, gazelle means beauty and grace. It signifies beauty and grace. That's what the name is. And so when you're talking about Tabitha, the name itself means gazelle, which means beauty and grace. So some people might say you're, that the, calling this message Tabitha gazelle is redundant because tab, the word Tabitha means gazelle. But I want people to understand that gazelle is not only her name, it's the description of who she is. A person of grace and beauty. Gazelle is signified speed and agility. It can run up to 60 miles an hour. And, and so I'm trying to use the description of the gazelle to describe Tabitha, the word gazelle. So let's walk through it in, in Acts 9, 36. It starts out Tabitha, which is translated into Dorcas, which translates into gazelle, which means beauty and grace, which means speed and agility, who was always doing good and helping the poor always doing good and helping the poor, responding to them with beauty and grace. Can you understand this? She was responding to the people who were in need, who were poor, who were struggling. She, she responded to them with speed. She didn't put them off. She responded to them with grace and with beauty, not with condemnation and pity. I'm hoping that when we say being Tabitha Gazelle, that we understand that what we are supposed to do is we are supposed to have speed. We need to have speed because the world is against us. James chapter four, verses four to eight, says that you either have to be a friend of God, which makes you an enemy to the world, or a friend of the world which makes you an enemy of God. And James in chapter uh, four, four through eight, he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and God will come near to you. D gazelle, who they say the gazelle can get up to 60 miles an hour. She ran to God with speed. See, we need to have people who are, are running to God with speed, who are fleeing the devil with speed and agility. I'm hoping that you get your, your uh, vision of the gazelle being chased by a predator, but having speed to run, to get away, to get to the place of, of security and doing it with grace and beauty. That's how God wants, I believe, how God wants us to do his will, to, to do it with speed, to run and flee the devil, to run and, and, and try, get to his hand of safety, to run to where he wants you to go. Go with great speed, go with great agility, go with great grace, go with great beauty. I'm hoping that some one or two people that are listening to this say, I want to be like Tabitha Gazelle. The world needs me. The world needs everybody who has that mentality.
of helping the poor and responding to the world with grace and beauty. Being a disciple of the Lord, being a gazelle with grace and beauty and speed, you have to understand to do the will of God that you have to get the mentality, change the mentality that you have and understand that God has given enough in the world for everybody to be satisfied. I'm hoping you understand that God gives enough in the world so that everybody can be satisfied. Maybe it's time we take an inventory. I remember I said they didn't define Tabitha Gazelle as being rich or poor. They didn't define her as how much she had or how big her house was or how big her family was. Her whole definition of who she was was always doing good and helping the poor. I'm wondering how many people, if they looked at what they needed compared to what they have, could give some to the poor. I'm just thinking about uh, the person who opens the studio today. I didn't tell Jeff I was going to talk about him, but it just came to me. He and his wife, when the children, they have a maximum number of toys that they can have, and if they get another toy for their birthday or some, uh, somebody just gives them another toy and it exceeds the maximum, the children are required to take another toy out of their toy box and put it aside so it can be given to, to somebody who needs it. That's the mentality of a Tabitha gazelle to make sure that, we, that there's other people who are in need and we, we want to rush to them and help them. Putting your faith into action means to love your neighbor. I was trying to get an example of it. And I said, it looks, it's, it's like this. Here's what happens. Somebody knocks on the door. It's a stranger. And they say, I have, I know your neighbor's in need. I know them, but I don't want them to know that I'm giving what I'm giving. So they hand you an envelope, uh, which a large amount of cash. And they say, surprise my neighbor with this gift and tell him it came from an unknown person because I don't want them to know that I'm giving it to them. And I want to make sure that you tell them that it didn't come from you so that they're not beholden to you. You're sitting with an envelope of cash. What do you do? What do you do? You can keep it. Nobody will know the difference because nobody knows you have it. Your neighbor won't miss it because she never knew she was supposed to receive it. The person who gave the, the envelope believes that you're going to give it to the person who, who was intended to have it, and they're not going to ask about it because they don't want the person who received it to know. And the question is, what do you do with that envelope? Do you put it in your drawer? Do you sh to shave a little bit off? Hey, you know, it's, it's my, my legs. I got to walk next door anyway, so I need to have a little for myself or for what the, the effort that I'm making. Are you, going, you, you have that money for the second, and you have to make that decision. The same is true with the abundance of gifts that we receive from God every day with an understanding that he wants us to share that with other people who are in need. And so as you're doing your household inventory, 
as you're doing your financial inventory, you can think to yourself, hey, this is like the envelope that God has given me and it's supposed to go to my neighbor. This is the skill that I have and it was supposed to go to uplift my neighbor. We all have so many gifts, but nobody's going to know how many you're holding back except for Almighty God. Coming to 2 Corinthians 8, 7 and 9. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 through 9. I was reading it in the Revised Common Lectionary readings for today. It kind of got me into thinking, who in the Bible can I describe that fits the description of 2 Corinthians 8, verses 7 to 9. And in there, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth. And they, and we all know that he wrote three letters to them, at least three letters to them. And they were actively involved in spreading the ministry and helping the ministry. And so Paul sends a letter to them and he's encouraging them. And I think he's talking to somebody here today. And he said, but just as you excelled in everything, you excelled in faith, you excel in speech, you excel in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love. Then he made an important comment. And I'm, before I make that comment, I want to go back through his list. See, just as you excelled in faith. Oh, that means that uh, the Macedonian church, the church at Corinth, they had a solid faith. They understood what uh, the word of God said. They understood and could speak the speech and talk the talk. They had the knowledge and they actually had an earnestness to really be part of the people of God. They actually had a love for the people of God. Then Paul said, see also that you excel in the grace of giving. That's where, the, where, where things change. That's where people start walking away. I'm good. I, if I got to open the Bible, I'll go to Bible study on Wednesday. I'm good if you want me to recite a reading on Sunday at church. I'm good if you want somebody to have the knowledge of somebody. I can go and tell somebody what I believe the Bible says to them. I uh, can be on the hospitality committee of the church. I can show the love that the church has. Oh, do you love Jesus? I can be the person who hugs. But, but the Apostle Paul, even though the church had all these criteria met, Paul said, also excel in the grace of giving. Then what I like what he said is that I'm not commanding you. I'm not commanding you, but I want to tell I want to test the sincerity of your love in comparing it with the earnestness of others. I'm not commanding you to do anything. He, he was commanding them to, to live a life of, of, of high moral and to go away from all forms of immorality if you read First Corinthians and Second Corinthians, a lot is devoted to understanding uh, who God is, understanding what Jesus did, 
understanding the moral re requirements and responsibility of a person who uh, believes in Christ Jesus and the resurrection. All, a lot of his readings in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians go to there. But Paul, when it came to asking the people to excel also in the grace of giving, he said, I'm not, this is, I'm not commanding you, but this is the test. I'm wondering whether you're ready to take the test, whether you're ready to get your number two pencil out, whether you're ready to crack the seal and, and take the test of the sincerity of your grace as it relates to the earnestness of others. How do you, how do you match up? How do you rate? How are you when you look at somebody like Tabitha Gazelle, who was always doing good and helping the poor, the earnestness of other, how, how earnest is your love for God? It is defined and, and tested with your sincerity of give the grace of giving. Paul said, give as Jesus gave, though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. So that you, through your poverty, your spiritual poverty, your potential uh, walk in darkness morality, you're being cap held captive by the devil if you don't have the power of God fighting for you, uh, poverty. But because of the richness that God has given to you, because of the walk that God has allowed you to go on, through the through the resurrection of Jesus, the, the invitation to run to him, to flee the devil like like a gazelle with great speed and agility. Because of all that, you have become rich. You become rich in faith. You have become rich in speech. You have become rich in knowledge. You have come, become rich in love. But there's that last one. And that is also, excel also in the grace of giving. Excel also in the grace of giving. And a lot of people don't want to give because they say, I, 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 if I have to give, the preacher's rich and I'm poor. The preacher drives a brand new vehicle and, and I, mine's about ready to get repossessed. So why, I can't afford to give. But God doesn't want you to look at it that way. If you don't believe that the people who you're giving to are good stewards of the grace that God has given you, you need to find new stewards. But God also doesn't want you to to talk about how it is that the, the person who receives the gift is supposed to, to deal with it. You walk across the street, you hand the package of money and say, hey, somebody gave this to me to give to you. I don't know who it is, but enjoy it. Then all of a sudden the person uh, you find out that the person is is uh, buying gambling tickets and wasting the money on on what you believe is frivolous things. And then when the person shows up with another envelope and says, hey, how did that go? I gave the whole envelope to her. Well, let me give you this envelope to give to her to her as well. Be keep it a secret. Don't say it came from me. And then you get it the second time. And you're like, wait a minute, I can do better with this money than that person. But I, so I'm not going to give it. I'm hoping that you understand that analogy as you're deciding whether or not it is time to give to build the kingdom of God. It is not the, your responsibility to dictate 
the way in which somebody receives the gifts that you give. It is your responsibility to have a heart for giving. It is when you have a heart for giving that you are in the category of a Tabitha gazelle. It is when you have a heart of giving, the earnestness of your giving compared to others, that you'll be able to pass the test to also excel in the grace of giving. I'm looking at Tabitha Gazelle, and I looked at her in comparison to other women in the Bible. We have uh, the, the powerful women like Esther, who was a queen. We have Rahab, who helped save a nation. We have powerful women uh, like Ruth. We have powerful women like Judith. We have powerful women like uh, Jesus' mother, Mary, and his uh his aunt, uh, Elizabeth, all of them had some powerful uh, things that they've done. And the Bible is full of women who have done powerful things. But we also need to have and need to understand the power of a woman named Tabitha, who did good, was full of good works, doing the will of God, being a disciple of Jesus being a sister of Christ, always doing good and helping the poor. Don't just be doers of the word, word or don't be hearers, just hearers of the word, but also be doers. That was Tabitha's job. That was Tabitha's mission. That was her life purpose. And as the story goes on, and some people really focus in on Acts 9, uh, as it relates to Tabitha, on what happened to her later. But I, and, and you can gloss over the first part of it. But as the, as the story ends, and as I'm ending this, Tabitha passes away, and the entire community is grieving her loss. And the Lord sends Peter, and the Lord realizes, and Peter realizes there's still work for her. And through the strength of God, even though she was dead, Peter was able to, to bring her back to life. God's miracle restored her life for that period of time so that she could then continue on to, to be able to serve the poor. And then it became known all throughout the region and many people began to believe in the Lord. I'm, I want you to understand that no matter where you are, if you're saying, I don't have any more to give, I felt like that many times myself. Lord, I don't have any more to give. It's time for you to have a Joppa Tabitha Gazelle, being Tabitha Gazelle, when you need to have that resurrection power to resurrect yourself, to get yourself ready and say, Lord, there's still some more work for me to do, but I'm out of energy. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up so I can go out. Fill me up so that I can continue to, do, to, to be an example of you to the world. That I can be tested on the earnestness of the grace of giving. Be tested on how I am being a doer of the world, not just a hearer of the world. word. And in the end, it is all for God's glory. And it became known through all, all of Joppa. And I'm hoping that they put your city in there. 
It was known all throughout Mesa, Arizona. It was known all throughout Phoenix metro area. It was made known all throughout where you are. And many became, began to believe in the Lord. That is what we are called to do and that's who we are as people of God. That's our mission to, to, to have knowledge, to have faith, to have love, and to, and to be fully, uh, to be full in all those, but also in the earnestness of how we share the grace of giving. That's when I look at Tabitha Gazelle with speed, with grace, and with agility and beauty, sharing God's word and, share, and being a, a conduit for the love of God. That's what I believe we're called to do so that the world will begin to look at us and say, this is how disciples of Jesus are. This is how uh, brothers and sisters in Christ are. And this is how I want to be as well. I want to receive the gifts. I want to share the gifts. And I want the life that you have. That's my prayer for each one that's listening to this today. And I'm hoping that you continue to pray for me and pray that I, I continue to have and grow in my grace of giving and be like Tabitha Gazelle. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook, and feel free to send me an email to the message2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.